Uncle Joey would say, kick that mule. Men's World Boxing! Happy New Year! Episode 7. Hope everybody had the best possible Christmas and New Year. Hope there weren't too many resolutions made to be broken. And I hope we're in for a hell of a year as far as boxing and Irish boxing goes. Welcome all back in. First things first. Happy New Year. First thing second. Thanks so much for the feedback and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Humble doesn't even come close. Doesn't even come close. Uh, Blown away. Humble. And very, very, very thankful and aware of of the reception that that this little podcast has been getting. Because um, it was at a critical stage not that long ago where confidence was at a very, very low ebb. And belief was at a very, very low ebb. And it would have been very easy just to pull the plug and walk away and never start and, and always wonder. Just to give you a little insight, when I, when I set out the plan and, and, the, and the wishes for this podcast, my hope was maybe get one or two listeners, uh, one or two, maybe locals, I suppose, being based in Kildare and, and, and just hoping, hoping that we'd get one or two. So to get the listeners that we've been getting so far has just, it's just, it's just changed everything. It's just changed everything and it's made me even more hungry more determined and mm, giving me lots of new food for thought lots of new ideas today's today's episode with Declan Spellman is uh, it's a little bit of a somber start but it's a real start and this podcast i guess is all about real it's all about, the philosophy from it, from the outset has been real it's been about it's going to be about people with stories people with the irish connection first and foremost but people with a story um, there's lots of polished uh, people pushed out there and performers and say what they think needs to be said and has to be said and then there's the bracket where people come out and say things as they are and that, that's probably not an environment at the moment it's probably not a, a, a social environment that uh, is willing to accept but it's that's what they want to accept and what they have to face is a totally different matter and uh, anti-social media and everything else presents a platform where people can pretend to be something they're not and so every now and then when somebody comes along that's a little bit real and it's a little bit uh speaks from the shoots from the hip and speaks and says things as they are and, and and then there's a problem so that problem lies with the person that can't accept things as they are not with the person who does uh we do try and keep the language down a little bit but it's boxing right okay so here and there there's going to be the odd blip and that's fine too uh, but for the most part i suppose to get the ratings and to get accepted into the annals of itunes and, and the platforms which has been done too which has just been a little bit of a special treat over the christmas as well and uh, the new equipment setting all that up ironing out the creases with that it's all contributed to taking us to the perfect starting point i won't say perfect but the best starting point i could have hoped for for 2019 Without going into the, I, I don't do resolutions, don't do promises, um, and I don't really want to hear other people's. That's up to them. If they want to do them and talk of them, that's fine too. All I can do is say thank you to everybody who has helped me and pointed me in the right direction. And this year is just, 
I don't usually or I don't usually uh, say what's coming down the line, but I'm just too excited. None other than gentleman Jerry Cooney, part of heavyweight boxing history, uh, Mount Rushmore, some might say, and long time voted into the Ring Magazine Top 100 Greatest Punchers. Jerry will be on from Manhattan to talk about his career before boxing, since during boxing, and since boxing. Jerry was about at a time when the heavyweight title was probably at his most prestigious, certainly with, with the most uh, recognisable household names, um, having worked his way into contention, fighting Ron, beating Ron Lyle, Jimmy Young, uh, Ken Norton, and um, he got himself a title fight with Larry Holmes, which has been spoken about since in boxing circles amongst the, the, the real diehards, and he'll never be forgotten and always be remembered. He made the, he made the rings. Uh, list of 100 greatest punchers so yeah it's a huge privilege it's it's just it's it's beyond it's beyond anything i could have hoped for at this point of the podcast looking back a little bit i suppose we can afford ourselves a little bit of time to look back we'll say in the new year i suppose what the 2018 personally speaking it was the worst year i've had ever uh, <laughs> and i can say that without fear of contradiction uh, from a personal point of view just just nothing major but a lot of little small minor things rolled into one that just came like um, an avalanche, one after the other, after the other, after the other, from the outset of the 2018 till the closing. And um, I don't know what this year is going to bring, but it can't be anything like last year. And it won't be anything like last year, uh, because things will be categorised and dealt with as they come along. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was, it was, be, it's behind us now. And... 2019 can bring it i'm really really looking forward to taking Enswell boxing podcast to wherever it may go slowly as we have and try and build it a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit so we've got the website in place we've got all the social media platforms in place we've got a youtube channel in place so enough about all that on the uh boxing scene last year i guess the highlights for me as a lifelong carl frampton fan it was the re-emergence of him under the Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis. Nanita Donaire and um, uh, Luke Jackson on any other time on anybody else's CV would have been uh, very, very significant high points. And and that's not to say they weren't for, for the Jackal um, from the uh, Titanic quarter on the slipway that night was something something to behold. The Knights in the Odyssey Arena against Kiko was something to behold. Just, just fantastic nights. Just unbelievable from a, an atmosphere on the night in Manchester when he arrived at the top of the ramp against Scott Quigg just mind-blowing mind-blowing had to be seen and hard to believe and and um, Belfast okay lesser lesser we'll say a lesser opponent without any disrespect to Luke Jackson because um had some good interactions with Luke on on Twitter and respect to, jo- to Luke Jackson and um, I wish him the very very best on his comeback and the future for his career because he is a good guy He's a top guy, and uh, what happened and, and the result of the fight and the outcome of the fight was more about what Carl Frampton was about than it was Luke, and I wish no ill will to that man. He was, he's been um, he's been a, a gentleman throughout his career, and he's had his own battles to deal with too. So shout out to Luke Jackson, and best wishes on your on your comeback trail, my man. Um, I the, the future will be good for you, and the Josh Warrington fight. I haven't done a review of it yet. I haven't watched it the second time round yet. Because as a fan and someone that's been on that journey and seen the highs, uh, I can't help thinking that this low is probably the lowest low. Um, and it comes at a point of a career 
um, that I don't believe is over, that I don't believe is finished. I believe can can reach that third title, and um, I just can't say for sure in my opinion what went wrong. And I listen, I'm not. I don't get too big into analyzing. I don't try not to score fights too much. Um, but as a fan of, and as a, a fan of the man and a fan of the fighter and a fan of the all-round Carl Frampton, I believe there is more to come. And I can't say yet why I believe that. I can't help thinking that the first two rounds of that fight are not what Carl Frampton is about. And I believe um, they may have shaped the rest of the fight. I will watch that fight again tonight. And I will watch the Dillian White Chisora fight again tonight. And I will say for sure, um, I'm going to do a show with no guest possibly. Uh, possibly tomorrow, maybe. Um, and just look back on the high points, I say. Because like, there's a lot of things that, that we didn't touch on with the shows coming. So thinking fast, uh, HBO bowing out. Um, the arrival of um, uh, Al Heyman in the UK. Um, almost cut to coincide with Eddie Hearn arriving in the US. So uh, that, that's an interesting one. And uh, to bring the PBC to the UK and James coincide, uh, it results in James DeGale now fighting Eubank. So all that to be done. There's the drugs issues, right? Because they're, that, that's one you could do a whole day on. And um, it needs to be dealt with. And it needs to be dealt with fairly across the board. No more special treatment for the Charlos. And uh, no differences between what the Charlos do and did and what uh, Billy, uh, Billy Joe Saunders do and did. Um, so yeah we'll do with that and then we'll look at a few other bits and pieces and um, but yeah that was the, I suppose the highlight was the back the comeback of Frampton culminating in the showdown with Warrington uh, no disgrace in the Warrington fight uh, there to the end showed what he's about in every way possible and uh, my hat goes off to that man it did go off a long time ago and um, it keeps going off every time I see and hear the man speak he's a credit to himself to his family to his profession and he proves to us that this time, this term of boxing, the, the new age of boxing as I call it at the moment, it's not about smack talking, shit talking, uh, throwing tables or anything else. It's not about swinging for the hills. Uh, there's a technical, professional way of carrying on. Um, and he does it. And he, he epitomizes it. And um, I, bow, I, bow, I tip my hat. And I really hope, as a fan of Carl Frampton, uh, that we see him back again. And I believe we will. Uh, the other highlight, I suppose, from an Irish point of view, Michael Conlon um, arriving, finally arriving, delivering um, and starting to look what uh, we've all hoped for uh, since his amateur days. Um, Michael Conlon is a superstar in the making, I believe. I've said it for a long time. Uh, I think the whole backstory with um, the Russian Nikitin, I think he is not fit to lace his gloves. I think the pounding that he took in the Olympics, uh, resulted, which, which resulted in him not being able to f take his place, I believe, in the semi-final, if I remember rightly, and everything else that went with it, I think it only catapulted him into the position that he's in now. I think he is with the best boxing coach uh, on the uh, on this side of the earth, on this side of the world, uh, if not on in the world, uh, for him and for his style. And I think we are now starting to see all the wrinkles ironed out, and we're starting to see the, the finished article. And I believe there'll be a step up in 2019 and I think Michael Conlon is going to start blowing people away that aren't already switched on to him. 
so that's that's uh, that was another highlight and I suppose one of the biggest if not the biggest because I, I, every time I say it's the biggest I think it's something I've forgotten um, there's not if I say nothing more than Tyson Fury for 201.8 well that that should probably explain it um, I've been a fan of Tyson Fury a long long time I've seen through the persona I've seen through the uh, character and there were times I wondered Jesus Tyson, what what what's the story, brother? What 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 are you saying? Like, what, where where's this come from? Is this a frustration? Is this a I don't know. I didn't understand. I didn't. I couldn't. I'm not trained to see it. Um, we know now that it's not an excuse. His illnesses and the place he was in was never an excuse, and it'll never be an excuse to carry on in a in a bad way. But um, it certainly was a, a factor. And uh, now we're seeing the real Tyson Fury. We're seeing a Tyson Fury that has to do nothing else, only concentrate on boxing. And I think that's a dangerous place for his opposite for his opponents. Um, Tyson Fury. Make no mistake about it. Tyson Fury. Two things people make huge mistakes. They think he's a silly. They think he's stupid. They underestimate him, and they do not realize what a talent that man is. He's. Let's face it. In the nicest way possible, Tyson Fury is a freak. He moves the way a six foot nine man it shouldn't and couldn't and normally isn't able to move. In my preview of the fight with, with Wilder, I said Wilder has the, the um, quitter hitter that, and I paused, that knocks out, and I paused again, should knock out, and I said probably would knock out. Did it knock him out? No. I don't want to know. Again. Um, we won't do the review of it, but I don't want to know about um, opinions that aren't. Um... <sighs> Listen, you can't knock somebody down twice in, in 12 rounds and, and expect to win a fight. Okay, end of story. Uh, but the, that was another highlight of the fight. And this about, of the year, the fi- another highlight of the fight year then, I guess, Tony Bellew. Uh, again, people getting to see the real Tony Bellew. Uh, he, he reached the summit. And um, when most would have walked away, he 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 answered the call of of the most um, gifted fighter on the planet, in Alexander Usyk, who I believe is going to do um, is going to cause big waves in the heavyweight division. And and, and I've said that for a long time. Um, I took a screenshot of a prediction I made about three years ago. I think I called it the rise of Usyk, and uh, I think he's another guy who does things that he shouldn't be able to do for a man his size. If you just look at uh, our Instagram feed, you'll see him dancing and moving, and um, it's 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 a sight to behold. So, uh, but to see Tony Bellew uh, achieve his achieve his dreams and right off into the sunset, uh, getting the credit he deserves and the plaudits, uh, that was a that was a that was another highlight. Um, the low points from a boxing point of view, Do- uh, Canelo, I suppose. Um, uh, that was that was just wrong, and there's no two ways about it. I mean, for him to be caught with a masking agent, which masking agents, anyone that knows anything about it, they're taken to mask. And um, what he was masking, don't know, don't care. He was caught, and uh, he was allowed off. And when we look at that in comparison to the Charlo brothers, who just decided uh, we're not turning up for drugs uh, tests, um, but that's okay. They were allowed to fight, and of course now they've been covered in glory. And then we had Billy Joe Saunders who took a nasal spray. And uh, Billy Joe was, uh, yeah, whatever whatever they want to call it, they did with him. And uh, so, look, uh, Canelo was the start of, I suppose, that big, long, dirty stain. And, and um, there'll always be an asterisk. I don't care what he does or doesn't do. There'll always be an asterisk over his head. 
he's a drugs cheat he's been caught proven without doubt um and if if they're trying to say the same people try to say that a billy joe's explanation of a nasal spray is not acceptable well then telling me that there was cows on clonbuterol uh, in the restaurant that he happened to be in that night when his his coach and his mentors and the people that he lives with most of the time uh, are butchers and meat specialists and they didn't know all that well then okay yeah so cool whatever um they, uh, from from a little bit closer to home uh, the low points uh, were uh, the, again the lack of decent qu- decent quality coverage of boxing in this country um, it's disgusting it's despicable it's lousy it's miserable it's cheap um, the only time there's ever talk about boxing here is when they want to li- relate it to something that might or might not be happening elsewhere in the in society um, and it's it's just lazy uh, and it's um, it's just not good enough and it's a big reason why the podcast I wanted to do um, because I'm, I'm fed up looking at people who are ill-informed very very badly informed sometimes might just be racing to uh, speak with a boxer on the way home from a gala match or something ridiculous like that and and then they decide they're going to write an article and think that they are have an informed opinion not interested in the slightest because when the when our when the greatest sports person that come off this island uh, in katie taylor and um that's not an opinion in that's a fact um didn't get the coverage she deserved when she was at her absolute max on this country um she was getting very little coverage so um, when you don't want to do it for that, you're not going to do it any other time. But you will talk about the uh, sideline issues that are supposedly connected. And uh, when she was given a boxing clinic a few weeks ago, this so-called, um, who would we say, Wh- whoever whoever pays them and owns them, um, yeah, whatever he wants to call himself. And uh, how we, we all know how he treats journalists and how he treats people with opinions. But uh, I, I, look... It's irrelevant. When Katie Taylor was putting on a boxing clinic in Madison Square Garden for the world to see, gone up another level or two, um, the media in this country were running around whipping themselves into a frenzy about something that may or may not have happened somewhere on the island somewhere. So it pretty much just sums them up. Um, that doesn't interest me. You won't get any quotes from me here on this podcast ever from any newspaper or media source. Um, certainly not a, a national one anyways. We'll do our own work, we'll speak to our own people, we'll get our own interviews, we'll get our own information, we'll run with that. And uh, that's the way it's going to be. Um, Not interested in negativity or the um, dark side of the island. And and the other, just the last low points, I suppose, uh, was a sad year, I suppose, for boxing. Very sad. Started off, um, today's episode is going to be very, very relevant when it comes to um, Scott Rescard. Uh, passed away after a bout with Declan Spellman in last February and that, that really was um, probably the lowest point in boxing and, and it hit very very hard here personally uh, because for some reason things happen every now and then and you just you just take note of it more than you probably would any other or should any other for so um, big shout out to Scott Westcart's family um, respect and uh positive love and thoughts I suppose and that's all we can do because um, without um, patronising or, or sounding false it's just uh, it's just something that words can't ever come close to um, fixing and it was very sad and again the loss of Brendan Ingle 
which left an immeasurable loss on in the game in in, in the UK and, and and I suppose again somebody that was really unrecognised in Irish circles because Brendan Ingle was light years ahead of what himself and what he did and how he did it and where he did it and when he did it uh, the way Brendan was able to break down um, people's insecurities and inabilities and to make them bring them bring rebuild them and and produce them reproduce them as a positive upstanding person um at a time when it wasn't been done and brendan left he's just left a colossal hole in the landscape of boxing and and it's it's whether it's even recognized yet or not but he he was a big influence Uh, a long time ago back as far as when i saw darren sutherland training with him and and how he was getting darren to do the singing and rapping um so yeah big uh big big love and thoughts to the ingle family and the ingle gym and and um brendan was always somebody that i was able to refer to for some reason i don't like without ever um coming into contact with him but just his methods and how and how he carried himself and and to always have a smile on his face and that's without before you even get into the fighters he produced over the years so um yep rest in peace brendan ingle and then um a little bit closer to home um not that far down the road from myself here there was uh, the legendary joe brereton in the, the eden dairy boxing club joe was a huge part in 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 founding and funding and setting up and running the eden dairy boxing club and joe's family have gone on to do so since um joe uh trained many many uh, local boxers and uh, champions over the years and and left uh left a left a big hole in in the community in Edenderry and it was a sad loss and um, I met Joe once or twice um, he was a great person great man and um, Joe was another another loss so the last I suppose I'm not we could go on all night and and, and for fear of, of um, leaving people out but Paul McCullough senior again in the north um, what a what a, a a legacy that man left behind he was working with people like Antok Akachi Barry McGuigan Dave Boy McCauley, Rogie. Um, there's just a endless list of, of fighters and people, and and probably people that, and people that we definitely won't even know about. We couldn't even know about that he and work that he did in the community through his faith, through his boxing, through his just through being a good person. And these people pass, um, and and I don't think society realizes it at the moment. There's not a rush to fill the fill. Not that you could fill the void, but there's not a rush of people. With that same willingness and ability and want to help and to f- and to, to contribute in the way that these people did and, and and that's that's probably the saddest point but um big respect and 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 um yeah big respect to paul mcculloch and uh rest in peace as well so i suppose they were just the downsides of, of what 2018 was and, and looking forward um we're, we're looking forward to uh to um to a big 2019 in every way shape and form and and if if there's anybody there needs to or wants to contact please do please get in touch um, i'm gonna i'm gonna put together a little uh just a little block with recording block i suppose or just so that we can shout out the social media one uh, connections twitter instagram facebook and email please contact send on anybody event anybody that you think should be highlighting um putting in the spotlight because that's what this is all about it's getting some positive spotlight and positive love and attention onto the people that do the most um without ever getting any and and god knows there are plenty of those about um so don't ever hesitate the, the one that comes 
easily off the top of my head is the email which is uh, uh, enswellpod at protonmail.com and the rest I will shout out just before the end here for Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think before I build up to today's guest, uh, Dex Bellman, um, uh, the last thing I want to see, I would hope for in the new year, is that any young boxers and young fighters that are making the step up into pro, um, just, just, just take a little bit of time and think about it. Because if ever there was time to take your time it's now there is a wealth of promoters fights shows just it's it's the golden era there's never been a time like it for 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 the amount of um opportunities out there for the program of course it doesn't make it any easier if anything it probably makes it harder but my point is it's when you hear listen to deck today and how things went out and how things went on when he was at the lowest lowest of the i mean what dex bellman and and Cara Greaves and the team have gone through it, it goes beyond losing a title it goes beyond losing a fight it goes beyond it's, you're talking about a loss of a life and, and and the absolute depths that you sink to um, and have to come back from to be able to build back from it and to listen to the point where Deck talks about him anyway look you'll hear it and you'll hear my struggle in the interview because it certainly was a struggle and it's interviews aren't something I'm used to doing yet so it was um it was a real uh, battle of emotion at, at 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 very key points in that interview so um and you and that's going to be very evident um but what i would say is just any any aspiring pro out there take your time take a look about build your team keep the people that you know and no matter what that when the push comes to shove that when the hso you've got those people in your corner and they've got your back no matter what happens as paulie as Pajo highland said last week that when the heat was on and he came back to the corner it was liable to be a slap in the face or a hug he was going to get but he knew no matter what that his dad was in that corner and he had his back no matter what and he knew that and that's what I'm saying to the young boxers today to make sure that they can get the right people in their right places around them and insulate themselves and keep them small keep their circle small and keep it tight so that when the worst of the very worst can possibly happen those people are with you those people got your back and you will never have to question it but if you're not sure and if there's an inkling well then that's a problem okay but you know when you've got ticked all those boxes and you've got those right people in the right places then you've got nothing to worry about you've got to go and do what you do which is fight and those people will fight for you when they need to fight and that is the only thing i would say just do not rush take your time look at how john look at how um katie taylor has built her team just look at how Katie has built. She's insulated herself. She went from having to take apart everything she knew and through um, her progression into the pro ranks and having to leave behind. And, and before, as a touch on that, shout out to Paddy Houlihan, the No Shame podcast, and to Pete Taylor the other night for one of the best interviews I've heard in a long time. In, in Just just such a good interview and uh, paddy asked the tough questions and you could hear paddy found them tough at times as well and that's understandable too but pete answered them and he answered the tough questions it was just a good interview and it was given in the other side of a two-sided story so that takes me nicely into today's uh, guest interview is uh dex bellman a light heavyweight uh, boxes out of scunthorpe uh dex mam is from mayo uh, as are his grandparents and they've a they've a they've a home in mayo um, which they visited he visited regularly as a child summer holidays and uh, 
you'll hear um, how his first love, uh, well, we won't say love, his first uh, participation, I guess, was Irish dancing before boxing. So maybe uh, I, that's where I put it to him about um, Papa Loma getting the ideas from, and, and we had a good laugh about that. He's um he's an explosive, powerful, orthodox fighter. Um, but more important, he is one of the nicest, most transparent, genuine, decent folk you're going to meet. And um, to say it was tough uh, was an understatement. And you will hear you you'll hear plenty of oohs and ahs, and I can assure you that the editing has also taken out as much as what's left in, if not more. Um, he boxed Scott Westgard in a tough. It was a grueling, grueling eliminator fight last February. And um, Deck came out the other side of a points uh, decision. Uh, so Scott won the fight and tragically collapsed in his dressing room after the fight. He was taken away to um, hospital and um, he passed away after the fight. And even still, it's um, it's a tough subject because in a sport that's just... Look, you'll hear the interview, you'll hear the emotion, you'll hear, you'll hear the words of the man on the other side of the, in the other corner, and um, it was just, it was just very hard, uh, very emotional, and um, it's very sad, and there's no, there's no, uh, look, there's no more I can say about it, um, but uh, my massive respect to Declan and massive thanks to Declan and Carl uh, for setting it up and for, for speaking with me and um, my huge condolences to the Westgard family, my respect love, um, thoughts or just everything there is to give to, to a family who must just be inconsolable so um, I can dedicate this episode to the memory of Scott Westgard and I would like to think in somewhere in the future uh, in conjunction with a tree of hope uh, possibly we hopefully organize an event uh, that we could also combine the all for scott uh, memorial as well so but this uh, this episode and uh, is dedicated to scott westgard and the memory of and it's also um it's it's a huge credit and i mean that from the absolute pit of my soul it's a huge credit and um to to declan spellman deck you've got a fan here forever no matter what it is you choose to do no matter what it is happens from here on in um yeah here's Declan Spellman now so look at getting back in the gym next week um I was going to get back in the gym this week but well, it's been a bit hectic so I've um yeah I thought now to knock it off till next week and then uh, yeah just crack on and see what's about really because that seems to be you're the one that inspired uh, Papa Loma are you? <laughs> with the with the um the footwork and the movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, well, I was very young, you know, the Irish dancing and stuff like that. <clears throat> so tell me, tell me, I suppose, take me back to the Irish connection. It's your, it's through your mum's side, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a uh, county male, um, a little place, uh, family living in a little place called uh, Kilkelly. Uh, and uh, we still got property, our family still got property out there. Uh, we were over there quite a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a connection really. Uh, my granddad's side, my mum, my mum's uh, dad. Um, but yeah, that's a connection really. So obviously the Irish dancing and that come from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I stand being good set, so. would you Would you have spent much time coming, coming to, over, like over and back to Ireland when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, a lot more when I was younger. 
Um, like I said, we still got like family house there. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of as of recent, we know we've not been up for quite a while actually. We're due to we're due to go over to be honest. Um, because obviously, you know, granddad's side and uh, people like that, all the all these brothers and sisters are kind of you know they're they've gone on a very old self. You know. <laughs> Chatting with Oshin Oshin Fagan there last and Oshin is the same, but he, he played a lot of soccer. He didn't start boxing I think till he was in his I think he went to Oklahoma when he was in his early twenties. Yeah, it, so so you 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 kind of you tried a little bit of everything and then came back to the boxing and, and, and it all seemed to stand to you in good stead as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean um I've I started uh, a club called St Jerry's ABC and um and I, I was actually, it was as mad as um, I saw one of my old coaches, he was in the Morrison's car park, and he said, look, you want to get yourself back? And uh, and obviously by this time, you know, I found money in it, you know, a bit of beer and stuff, and I was like, oh, and, it, and it's hard, isn't it, to get that commitment back. But I think, you know, once I got back in the gym and I realised, you know, I was a lot bigger and I got my first fight at about 54k, and I come back in the gym around 72, 73k, so I put a lot, you know, over mm. the years. Um, to play rugby and that I was a, you know, I was quite a big lad for this for my age. Um, you know, so I mean yeah, when I come back I was a completely different fighter. And I think you know when you want to do it or whether you're just doing it for a hobby, you know what I mean? I think someone just clicked that and you're in a you're in a seriously competitive division there at the moment. I mean the British the English alone, English and British division alone is, is, is um busy and active division. Um how, how do you see yourself, I suppose it it'd be remiss not to mention Scott and, and everything that went on and 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 how how it it listen it's as mu- as much as a good story as Tyson Fury is and everything else I I really think yours is it's a credit to you man it really is um to to be able to to be able to bounce back from it and 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 how do you find yourself how do you see it going for you now from now on yeah I mean yeah like I said it's very um you know the the, the, the competition's high in the division and it. But the thing is, nobody, nobody to me really stands out. I look, at, I look at the division and I think, I you know, I could more than all my own with, you know, most of them in, in the top ten, and you know that's why, you know, I think I deserve to be in that. But like you said, it's just getting the right fights at the right times, and you've got to be patient. I think I'm, I've been pro four years now, uh, so now, now is the right time to be pushing on. I mean, I had, I've gone from, I, I had a year out, which didn't help me. Um, I'd herniated two of my discs in my back because I had a year out. So straight up from the year out gap into the Scott Westgar fight, which is obviously, you know, that obviously what happened in that happened and, you know, it was a big, that, that was a big blow for me. And then we went from that to a tick of a fight and then it brings us to where we are now with the older boxer. So it's been a, you know, it's been a very, uh, roller coaster, um, ride really, but, you know, it's, uh, it's not been good test for what I'm doing now and, you know, I think, uh, the only way I can carry it, you know, to uh, to answer the Scott question is, 
I just carry it in a positive light now and you know when I fight I use name of all my shorts and um, I think that's the best way to, to kind of go about it and you know whatever I achieve I just do it in the name of uh, Scott Wester. I have to be honest, which I, I I Irish danced around with whether whether I should bring it up or not, but it, it it's more out of respect or anything else. A lot of the time, they, they come out of woodwork when something something horrible happens, and and I think that's when you really see how how close the boxing family is, isn't it? When when something is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I mean, my, my coach, uh, manager from out of Calgary, you know, we're you know we're very close, um, and and you know I would say. Obviously, through what's happened and what and what we've been through together, you know, it's made us it's very close, you know. And uh, I can speak to him about anything, and you know, we have a good laugh and we and we gel really well, and that, that helps. Do you know what I mean? I think when you've got somebody in your corner like that, yeah. Steve, do you know what I mean? I know he's not a two-faced guy. He's straight down the line, they tell me if something's wrong. I tell him if something's wrong. You know what I mean? And I think that helps. That has helped me a lot. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got uh, Scott's dad, John, and his brother Adam. Um, you know they've been they've been great with me and even like I mean after what <clears throat> after our fight uh, two weeks after I actually um, met up with him in a Costa Coffee and um, you know just to kind of get to know each other a bit more and me to just yeah. get to know a bit more about Scott himself. Right. So <clears throat> yeah, you know that was uh, that was a he took some balls to do that and go you know I went on my own and uh, and and spoke about it you know spoke with him about it and you know I mean all that. It's an it's an it's an ongoing says you it's an ongoing process. It's a day to day thing that you said that you're gonna. But the next um part the, the the next thing I had to say what was I just looking at the note here was a big part of boxing. It is such a it has a it has that side to it that the, the dark side of it the nasty business and it's it, while it is a, a lo, a, an individual sport it's. The, the the support network and the team behind the fighter often goes a long way, if not nearly the whole way, to making things. And Carl, it comes across very clear from even from my own. I've only messaged Carl three or four times, and it was just it was like it was such a, a refreshing response. You know, it was so refre- and and he seems to be that just what you said there. He's he's down to earth. He's genuine, and he's in your corner in more ways than one. You know, and that's that's very clear, very very clear. Um, and it's so nice to see and 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 I hope. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I've already thanked him to, to put me in touch, and I'm gonna try and have a chat with him myself from from this point of view, just from the boxing side of it, you know. Um. So as you said, yeah. To to round that piece out, I suppose it's just that it, in a strange sort of way, it goes towards making you the person that you are now. You know, it's your journey, isn't it? It's 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 the and now it's on to the next step. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and it's like it, it's still you know. The, uh, the Scott Westgar things to me still very very fresh you know it's um, it was only February and you know I mean especially like you look at you know I look in um, uh, in like my first round the ultimate boxer you know with a Sam with a Sam Marshall knockout and you know you, you, it's a make or break it you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I think you kind of turn around to yourself and I, I kind of told myself well, you're, you're a boxer or you're not you know what I mean you can't you can't play you can't play the game and you know, and, and now I think that was all good things for ticking off, and I think maybe I needed that to tell myself, you know, you still got it. Yeah, that, you know, and there again, ultimate fighter style for anyone that's not aware, I suppose, is the is essentially it's the same format as prize fighter. It's 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 three short, it's three yeah. rounds, it's explosive. Yeah, yeah, all in one night. Yeah. And um, 
you, you had it. That, that was ultimately, I mean, you had your, your comeback fight in between, but really and truly the, the ultimate fighter was, was where the real test was going to come and on all fronts. But I suppose from a personal point of view, from a boxing point of view, I suppose briefly, how, how was the build up to that? How did you feel yourself? Was it, were you completely zeroed in? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we had the uh, dead little um, fight went under the red arm and we, we, like, we wanted it that way, really, in, uh, in a place called Workstop. Um, against a tough, durable uh, foreign lad and, you know, we got that out of the way and that was, you know, we're back in and it was just getting back in the ring but, you know, this, this ultimate boxer thing was massive. You know what I mean? You're on terrestrial TV um, and, you know, <laughs> loads and loads of viewers. It was packed out inside and... The, obviously, you know you've got you, you've got your stories in your background, what they've done on all, on all the media stuff, and obviously the Scott Westgas uh, name is going to keep coming up, and, and that's yeah. what we're going to keep. And his dad, it wasn't uh, his brother Adam, I think, was in the was in the, the the audience as well, wasn't he? He was in the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Scott's brother was there, yeah, and uh, and Daddy was there in uh, June, June, July, in that fight as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, it must it must be so hard for him. Um, but you know, it's, you know, I just can't, I can't, words can't put into, you know, how, how in a roundabout way, it's you continuing your struggle and you continuing your fight and carrying it on is is possibly in a in a strange way helping Adam and the family to deal with it in their way. Would you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Arab boxing family. That... I think his dad was a pro as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he's actually a pro. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh... Um, Glenn McCrory. Glenn McCrory, that's the same, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got some good stories. These Irish connections keep cropping up. Glenn McCrory has a great Irish connection as well, so we'll have to follow Glenn down the road and see where he. <laughs> but for for the fight fans, uh, the, the emotion wasn't lost on them, and, and on the terrestrial TV, it wasn't lost to anybody. that knew the and and everyone could see it. So deliver that knockout. How how did it feel? Did that was that the point where you you knew that we're back to where you needed to be? Yeah, I mean, because well. You know, obviously when the punch landed, I knew it was, well, you, you only have to watch it back. I didn't, there was no celebrations, went down. Yeah. You know, I said, said a little prayer and, you know, it was like kind of just off my, just, yeah. you just never know, you know what I mean? I said a little word to myself and then I was up. But like I said that the format, I, I knew what I was getting myself into and stuff like that happens, you know what I mean? This is boxing and, and I, I prepared myself for that, do you know what I mean? I was a bit worried about when the sparring, I was kind of, I was, Eating kids and stinging them, and then yeah. kind of you know you're all right. But I'm like that sparring anyway. You know what I mean? I never I never tend to make you sparring. And yeah. I think I was a bit worried, thinking you know have I, have I got that bit between the teeth? But you know obviously I proved I proved on that night. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and and. It's not to be mistaken either. People like again, it could be misconstrued, but it's not. It, it it's it, like it is what it, as you. It, the easiest way of saying it is it is what it is and, and there was no celebrations there was no height there was no nothing there was very much a cleansing moment you could see it anyone that knows what what's what could see what it was and um, yeah, yeah. it was it was. I suppose that was the line in the sand I guess and, and you moved on and, and you beat Joel McIntyre then and, and Shaq and is it Pitter in the, in the final? Yeah Shaq and Pitter is yeah, yeah he was one big dude <laughs> yeah yeah very very tall very um, much so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking to him afterwards, uh, yeah, six foot six. Um, I speak to him afterwards and he said it took him a long time to get down to the weight. I'd say <laughs> so. He, he, he looked well, though, you know, fair play to him. He looked very well on the scales and, you know, his eyes weren't sunk. He was he looked in good shape. He, he carried it well. So, hmm. yeah, fair play to him. But I think for you, Deck, is it fair to say that the, the victory was the was the, the overall on the cell? And I'm not, moral victories don't mean much, but it, it, it's more or less 
rounded off that circle and it's now set you up for your for your journey from for for a big 2019 isn't it yeah i mean i mean you know anyone who watched that say you and what i was what i wanted to get out of it and what i have got out of it is they put my name on the post and someone's gonna look at it and go i want to watch it it's exciting you know yeah. what i mean i can i can try and get these big fights now i can i can be put on a you know these big shows and, and people will know who i am and people will know that you're going to get value for money you know, and that's, I think, you know, that's a bit of an end all, isn't it? You, want to, you just want to excite people, that's yeah. who you are, you're a showman. And, um, you know, I've said I can do that. People who see, everybody seems to be in a rush lately at a time when there's no need to rush. There's so many shows yeah. and there's so much boxing and it's like turn pro as quick as I can, just stick a team together and get, and I think where you're at and what you've come through, you and the team collectively, and to see now to ready to take that step and to do it all together i think it's and and as you say you have the tools you you, you carry the power you have the, the um you have the condition i'm looking forward to watching it from here on i really am and 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 wherever it goes um we'll we'll be supporting you here from this side of it as well we'll be we'll be doing a michael flatley the whole way with you <laughs> <laughs> the mental side of a game had a big part from fight point of view and and training camp and in the build-up to fights how how would you find yourself from dealing with it Of people think that's a misnomer it, it's it's done for publicity but it really is there is an alter ego in a lot of maybe not as obvious or as blatant as some make it but you transition into that person just before when you get the knock or whatever yeah of course yeah yeah definitely 100% yeah but, well for me anyway you know. if you were to put it into words what would that best would it be a more heightened sense would it be a more zoned in would it be totally would you be oblivious to how if, if you could at all how, how would you describe that alter ego when, when you transition into that persona That's the point I didn't. I actually I forgot to mention. Actually, you you would be one of the few at the moment who's balancing a pro career, a full time job as well, wouldn't you? Isn't it? it? How does that 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 has to make things difficult as well? And yeah, I mean, it's very very hard. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm in this position. I'm in, and that's it. I get that asked quite a lot. But I, the way I see it is, I've got I've got a little boy. I had my boy at 21, turning quite young. Um, I've been with my partner now eight years, coming up to nine years now. So I was with my, with my girlfriend from quite young as well. I'm, I'm only 26 uh, now. So I've, everything I've done, I've done the way I wanted to do. I've, you know, I've got a mortgage at 21. So I've seen I, everything is set up. I won't change anything the way it is. But, you know, I look at it and I think, like, little stuff like making weight, 
I'm, I'm like, I'm training in the mornings when I'm working two to ten, and I'm training in the afternoons when I'm six to two, and the gym's over an hour away, so I'm travelling that as well, you know, in a long, long day. Mm. I think, like, when I first started doing it, you know, it was very hard and, uh, and it, was, it was very tiring, but then I think now, the stage I'm at now, I know I have to do it, you know, and I'm starting to see yeah. it now, where I'm starting to see results, and, you know, I'm earning a bit better money and stuff on the fights, and, and that, 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 you know, it makes a difference. that's just yeah you've put it you've put it so well there and i think it's a people i think there's a certain age group an age group who came through and nothing was nothing was unattainable they, they basically could have everything they wanted whereas you're at an age where, where you became you couldn't run to mom and dad you were mom and dad so you were you, you, you were having instead of having it provided for you you were the one having to provide it so um yeah. and it's just be exactly yeah yeah and and there's turn I guess there's always different types of people and how to deal with it, isn't it? It's it's um yeah. some people like to go rib and moan and give out and tired and this and that and the other and then there's there's the likes of yourself and and myself and people who you you just do it and you get on with it. And now and then okay. stuff does get now and then things do get to you and you stuff. But you know what I find as well and, and definitely an Irish pup from an Irish it's an Irish thing, we don't stop and say, Jesus, we're doing good here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you find that just about, from I, my own point of view. I just for a split second someday when the shit's hitting the fan or when everything, and you just stop and think, hang on, listen. The three kids are good. The house is okay. Everyone's health. Everyone's healthy. You know what? The other stuff will be all right. You know, we get there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, especially like you know, going back to like the Scott thing, and you know, there's, I'm honestly speaking, like you know, I don't there's no doubt I'd have go by what I take for granted. when you're young I know from my point of view you're bulletproof really you think you don't think about anything you don't worry about anything you just you're living in the minute as you say you're going for the points you're having the crack you're at the lads and and you just start to realise what's what's what really what is valuable and and, and health is all you have really because it's the only thing you can without it you have nothing really and, and it sounds like a cliche but it is it is, it is. Yeah, no, it do, it doesn't, and 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 you can have all the money in the world, and you can have all everything, and you can have it, but entourage and everything else. But if you don't have the good, the health, and the good ones around you, well, there's none of it really worth anything, is it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I